0: This is LAC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. This morning, um, I just want to uh, preach a message to you that I feel like has been on my heart for the past couple of weeks. Uh, and I feel like this is a good time to share it. I, I was praying as Pastor uh, informed me that I would be speaking today. I was praying about uh, what would be the direction that the Lord would want me to go, and He brought me to this passage and for this message here today. Uh, so I'm going to communicate that to you. Um, so we're going to be uh, looking at Second Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be reading verses 6 to 10. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 6 to 10. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. If you don't have the New Living Translation, the, uh, the, the scripture will be on your screen there if you want to follow along. Once again, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 6 to 10. And this is what the passage says. This is what the Apostle Paul writes. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so, because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I, wo- I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they see in my life or hear in my message, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Verse 9, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Verse 10, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. This is key. Paul says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Today I want to talk to you really quick. In the season of Thanksgiving, I want to talk to you on the, t- the topic of thankfulness for thorns. Thankful for thorns. So would you please pray for me as I pray for you. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day once again. Thank you so much for your spirit that's present here with us today, not only physically in this location, but Lord God, the spirit that is present with each and every person who may be watching this or will watch this in the future. We pray right now in the name of Jesus for all those who are battling COVID in our church. We pray for all those who are battling sickness, but those who are battling any type of mental disorder or whatever the situation may be, I just pray, Father, that this would be a message that is for them and for each and every one of us, Lord God. I just, Lord, I just pray that you would just spill everything out of me that does not belong, Lord God, and fill me with your words, Lord God. I know this is a message directly from you, so move me out of the way. And, Lord, speak through me, your vessel here this morning, Lord God. Allow these to be words that you have for our congregation for this time. Lord, I just pray, Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus for each and every person who maybe have struggled this week, I just pray that, that, that you would just touch them and, and, and touch them and reach them, Lord God, and heal them, Father. Have your way in this place, Lord God. We give you praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I remember when it was the summer after my senior year of high school, I had just graduated high school, and um, my, a friend of mine was working down at the local bait shop in Conneaut. And um, I, would, I had grown up. My stepdad had a boat, and we had gone out fishing several times on the boat, and I absolutely love to go out fishing. And this was like a dream job for me coming right out of high school because the job required, what we did was we'd get there really early in the morning. It was a summer job. My friend and I would get there really early in the morning. Our boss would let us go out. We would go out with one of the charters. We'd go fishing. Uh, and try to test the waters to let everybody know where the fish were and then we'd come back into the bait shop and we'd clean our fish and then we would have the opportunity to stay there and help clean and and cut and fillet the fish from the charters that came in all throughout the day. An absolute awesome job. I loved seeing the different fish, the size fishes, the huge walleyes that would come in. Some charters would go out on Saturdays, they'd have competitions in their company to see who'd be able to uh, catch the biggest fish and it was just awesome to be able to see. Well as part of my job, it was a very messy job, part of my job was we had this industrial scaler. It was an industrial scaling machine. If you've ever gone fishing for perch or any type of fish, if you clean your own fish, the first thing you have to do is you have to take the scales off. And typically if you have fish at home, you have to figure out a way to take those scales off yourself. But we had at this bait shop an industrial scaler. So you basically turn the machine on, you run the fish through the machine, and it takes the scales off so it's easier for you to be able to fillet uh, the fish. Well, one of these days, I was given the job to be the scaler. I was the one who was given the job to put the fish through the, scale, the scaler and to weigh the fish and make sure that the guy who was getting ready to cut the fish knew exactly what order it was, who it was going to, and everything. And I don't remember that day, we probably cut, I mean, a ton of fish. It was a ton. There was, there was a charter that had went out, there was like 10 people on the charter, everybody caught their limit of perch, and there were just fish coming in left and right. And I was just putting the the, the, the fish to the machine and not the perch to the machine. I was, I was wearing a pair of gloves. But I remember about halfway through the day, I got like this, uh, it felt like a pricker on my finger. And I was wearing gloves, but it felt like it penetrated the gloves and went into my finger. I took the glove off immediately. I looked at it. I couldn't see that there was anything wrong with it. And so I just put the glove back on. It hurt a little bit, but I just didn't think anything of it. Well, as the day progressed, the... Uh, the pain got a little bit worse, and I, I was trying to, uh, uh, during our breaks, I'd go wash my hands, I'd try to look down there, Try to, I couldn't see anything that was in my finger. Well, sure enough, I went to sleep that night, woke up the next morning, about four o'clock in the morning, and there was a pain that was such so excruciating in my finger that I literally thought that my finger was about to fall off. And I tend to not be a very dramatic person, um, if you know me, I'm obviously joking, because I'm very dramatic, and if, uh, Katie's probably at home laughing, um, I tend to be a very dramatic person, so I was freaking out. I, I told my mom, I was like, Mom, we got to rush to the emergency room. I feel like I'm losing my finger. This pain is so excruciating. I couldn't see why. I just knew that there was something wrong. I knew there was an issue. I, I knew that there was something wrong. The pain was so bad. So we didn't go to the emergency room. She actually scheduled, we went to the doctors, and the doctor was able to figure out why my, my finger was causing so much pain, what, what was causing so much fa- pain in my finger. What had happened was, Uh, as I was putting the fish through the scaler, one of the scales came up from the fish and actually went down underneath my, my nail of my finger. And I couldn't see it obviously because the scale is clear and so too is my fingernail, so I couldn't see what it was. And he's like, thank God you came here because if you hadn't, this would have become infected and you truly would have potentially lost your finger because you would not have been able to see it. So they were able to get the scale out and the pain was excruciating. As the moment he said I could have lost my finger, you know, listen, I went through every precaution I possibly could at that, from that point on to make sure I never got a scale in my finger again. But the pain was so bad, it was literally like I felt a thorn in my flesh. Now, it wasn't a physical thorn, but it was a scale, or it was something that had penetrated my skin, and I feel the pain that Paul is talking about, here in 2 Corinthians and maybe some of you have been running through a pricker bush or you get a sliver or something like that it just a small th- it's amazing the small thorns the amount of pain they can cause you in your life it's amazing the amount of things that, you, that might not really seem like a big deal to other people, but things happen in your life. Thorns happen in your life. Thorns penetrate your life. They penetrate your spirit. They penetrate your will. It's amazing that the small thorns, that, the things that happen, can tend to cause the most pain in our lives. And I feel like that's what Paul is talking about here. And if you if you know anything about the book of 2 Corinthians, I've studied a little bit that this book of 2 Corinthians, and it's a letter that Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, and it's one of Paul's most intimate letters. Of all the letters that Paul wrote to each of the churches in the New Testament. This book of 2 Corinthians, the letter to, of 2 Corinthians is one of Paul's most intimate letters that he writes. And the reason why is because Paul had a really peculiar, severed relationship with the Corinthian church. And the reason why is because after he established the church in Corinth, Paul spent a lot of time interacting with them because every time he would come, every time he'd send a, a representative, every time uh, immediately after those people would uh, left, Paul refers to these people, the, the, the people would come in, they refers to them as super apostles. They would come in to the, Corinth, the Corinthian church and they would discredit everything that Paul talked, taught, everything that Paul talked about, everything that Paul done to instill in that church. So Paul had a really uh, severed relationship because these super apostles would come into the Corinthian church. They would cause the Corinthian Christians to, to question Paul's integrity, to question everything that was about Paul. And he would, he would hear the stories that, about these Corinthians turning their back on God and turning their back on Christ and questioning Paul's ministry. And it was literally caused to him to the point of being a pastor that suffered, that, that literally was heartbroken all over this congregation. Paul suffered a lot. And one of the reasons why the super apostles questioned Paul's ministry is because he did suffer. The super apostles led the Corinthians to believe that in order for someone to truly be an apostle of Christ, they should not suffer on behalf of Christ. They thought that if you're a, if you're an apostle of Christ, you should live a carefree life. You shouldn't have to worry about everything. You shouldn't have to worry about money, finances, health, whatever the situation is. If you're a true apostle, these super apostles thought, you shouldn't have to suffer. Well, if you know anything about Paul, Paul did a lot of suffering. Paul experienced a lot of suffering in his ministry. Paul suffered various points of persecution. He was shipwrecked several times. He was thrown in prison, spit on, all these kind of things. Several times had to literally risk his life. And Paul didn't see that as a discredit of his apostleship. Paul actually saw that as a necessary step in fulfilling the ministry that Christ had for him. Because Paul understood that it was in his weakness, in his suffering, that God's strength Shown through his life. It was in the moments where Paul literally was experiencing the thorns in his flesh. It was in those moments where Christ's strength was able to shine through. In various times throughout the letter of 2 Corinthians, we see that Paul is talking about these moments of persecution. But every time he talks about these moments of persecution, he says, hey, don't look at me like I'm, I, don't, don't feel bad for me, because it is in those moments of persecution and in those moments of suffering, it is in those moments where I've had thorns in my flesh. It's in those moments where Christ's strength has shined through. It's in those moments where God has showed me that, hey, it's because of me. It's because of Christ. It's because of the power of God that is living in each and every one of us that we're able to walk, talk, and live each and every day of our lives. And I think that that's something that we need to realize here this morning, and you need to realize where you're watching here this morning, is that the, the things that the enemy has tried to throw in your way, the things, the moments of suffering, the moments of persecution, the thorns that are in your life, they were, they were, they, they're, the enemy puts you those in your way to, in order to, to try to defeat you, but the Lord is saying, hey, I have a plan and I have a purpose through those thorns. I have a plan and I have a purpose through those thorns. I have a plan and I have a purpose through those storms. So whatever the thorn might be for you, whatever the thorn, and listen, you can research this passage and there are various scholars who have had various uh, uh, classifications of what specifically Paul is referring to here, this thorn in his flesh. Some say it was a physical thing, an ailment, something that happened to him while he was uh, throughout his various missionary journeys. Some think it was a mental illness because of all the issues and situations that he had to face in the various churches that he had to deal with. Some think that it was even actually a lack of faith in a certain area of his life. And whatever the situation may be, I believe that the Paul doesn't specifically mention what the thorn was here in this passage because it gives us, it's open-ended because it gives us an opportunity to be able to relate better to Paul because your thorn may not be my thorn, but the truth is we all deal with thorns, but it's through those thorns that Christ shows his strength the most. It is through those thorns that we're, uh, in our moments of weakness that we're able to see the strength of Christ working. And that is why we need to look at our thorns from a different perspective. We need to look at our thorns from a different angle. We need to look at our thorns not in resentment, not in anger, but we need to look at our thorns and say, "Hey, God, what are you trying to teach me through this thorn?" Hey, God, what are you trying to teach me through this moment of, uh, of suffering? Hey, God, what are you trying to teach me while I'm battling COVID? Hey, God, what are you trying to teach us while we're dealing with the culture that we live in? Hey, God, what are you trying to teach us? What are you trying to show us? Where are you trying to show your strength in these various situations? And it's because of that, and it's because of that shift of, of perspective that we see Paul experiences here in this passage. It's because of that, that we can be thankful for our thorns. We can be thankful for the thorns that we have in our lives. And no matter what your thorn, and it is my hope that today, that we can begin to see together our thorns in a different light. And listen, this this is me preaching to you as much as it is preaching to myself. It's important for us to see our thorns in a different light. And in order to do that, I believe there are five lessons that we can learn from this passage, lessons from our thorns, in order for us to be thankful for the thorns. And they're going to be on the screen with you here in a second. The first one is this. First lesson is that God allows thorns. God allows thorns. Now, that may be a controversial statement for some. Notice I said that God allows thorns. He doesn't cause the thorns. Let me say that again. God allows thorns, but God does not cause thorns. The thorns. If you don't believe that God allows thorns, take a look back really quick at the, at, at the story of Job in the Old Testament. We see at the beginning of the book of Job, God and Satan are having a conversation and Satan's like, hey, I'm going to do. He's like, hey, you can do anything. You just cannot harm the physical person. You cannot take him out. So God allows the situations that happen in Job's life to happen as they do. God allows thorns to happen because we will have thorns in our lives that reveal certain things about our lives, certain weaknesses that we might have, certain, certain areas in which we may struggle. Listen, I was just talking to Caleb uh, just before we started service here, and he, he said that COVID, if you have COVID, it reveals things about your life, that you, you your, your health that maybe you didn't necessarily know before. It brings things to light that maybe you didn't necessarily know that happened before, that you had before, or you dealt with before. And it's the same thing with thorns in our lives. It reveals things about us that maybe we had not known before, maybe we had not seen before. And that it shows us, they show us what it is that we, how we truly feel about God, how we truly trust God. Listen, if you're going through something and your first inkling is to blame God for not healing you, that shows you what you feel about God. If your, first, if your first inkling is to say, God, it's all your fault, woe is me, well, maybe it, you, you felt like you had a faith in God before, but when you're going through thorns, when you're going through difficult situations, moments of suffering, maybe you realize your faith wasn't as strong as what it was before. So thorns are, are allowed by God because they reveal things about ourselves that maybe we wouldn't have known before. And we see in this passage that, Paul was humbled through the thorn in his side. He was humbled, and, and and he was he was able to see that, hey, it's not anything that I can do on my own. In my strength, I am nothing. Let me just tell you, in your human physical strength, you cannot accomplish anything apart from the Lord. It may feel like you're accomplishing things. It may feel like you're, you're having success, but I guarantee you, you're going to come to a point that when you're trying to do things as a Christian on your own, you're going to fail miserably because we cannot do anything apart from the strength of the Lord in our life. So the thorns in our lives humble us to realize that, hey, my weakness or my strength is at its end and, and, and I'm weak now, but it's because of my weakness that we're able to trust and rely on the strength of the Lord. What is the thorn in your life? What is the thorn that God is allowing to be in your life to maybe humble you? Maybe you become too arrogant walking through life, walking on clouds, thinking, hey, nothing's going to happen to me. Then, boom, all of a sudden something happens. And you're humbled to realize that, hey, I can do nothing apart from the Lord in my life. So... God allows thorns in order to show us true feelings about our lives, in order to show us how we truly feel about our physical lives, how we truly feel about our spiritual lives, and in the relationship we have with God. And I love all throughout 2 Corinthians and and even throughout Paul's other various letters, Paul understood that even though God allowed storms and and thorns and, and various situations to happen to him, he was able to have the perspective that it's because In those times of weakness, God's strength is where he shines the most. So God allows thorns. He doesn't cause them. He allows them. The second point is this. Everyone's thorn is not the same. And as I said at the beginning, uh, that we don't necessarily know what exactly Paul's thorn was here that he's referring to. And... Bishop Isaacs may have a better answer than I have, and we may talk to other people that you may have the conversation, what do you think the thorn, we could all come up with different ideas as to what the thorn was, and we don't really know why, but I, as I said before, I think that that was left open-ended for us to be able to relate better to Paul and the situation and the circumstance, because everybody's thorn is not the same. Your thorn, that the thing that you struggle with, the thing that you deal with, the thing that you suffer from, is different than the thing that I deal with, I struggle with, and I suffer from. But the fact of the matter remains, we all deal with thorns. So you cannot, because your thorn may be different, you cannot judge me with how I'm dealing with my thorn, and I cannot judge you with how you're dealing with your thorn. But what we can do is we can come alongside each other and say, hey, your thorn may not be the same as mine, but listen, we're both in this together. We're both dealing with this together. I'm going to point you to Jesus. I'm going to point you to the one who can help you bring comfort to you during this time of suffering and this struggle and, and this uh, this thorny situation in our lives. We don't know what specifically the thorn was, but we do know that Paul was uh, was." It caused Paul a great deal of pain, so much so that he caused it, called it a messenger of Satan. How many of you have went through a situation in your life, you can talk to the people in your house, I'll raise my hand, where you literally thought that you were going to go through the most pain that you've ever been through in your life? Where you were literally going through what you felt was hell on earth? The situation, maybe some of you were dealing with that situation right now. Maybe some of you have been dealing with that situation for the past five years, 10 years, 15 years, all of your life. Maybe that's you. That's the thorn that you have to deal with. It causes pain. So much so that it's like, this is a messenger from Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Not today, Satan. That's what you feel like saying. The, The thorns in our lives cause pain. And you see other people, and when you come to church and when you're walking around your workplaces and everything, you see people in pain. And, and, and we say this all the time, you don't fully realize anybody's story unless you take the time to sit down and listen to it. It's important for us to realize that not everyone's thorn is the, is the same. We can't judge people in the process and when they're going through the process of dealing with their thorn. We can't judge them for not being further along in the process than we, that, as we are. Because guess what? Their suffering, their persecution, their hurt, their pain is not the same as yours. And it's important for us to realize that. It's important for us to realize that even though it's not the same, even though we don't deal with the same thorns, God has called each and every one of us to come alongside people as they're dealing. Even with the thorns sticking out of your side, you come along somebody else and say, hey, I'm in pain too, brother. I'm in pain too, sister. But hey, we're going to walk through this process together. We're going to walk through this process together, and God is going to help us through this process together. So God allows thorns. Everyone's thorn is not the same. The third point is this. The third lesson is this. Thorns are not punishment. The thorn that you have, the suffering that you have, the persecution that you have in your life is not a punishment. And like I said, it's not from God. You're, you're, you're not being punished. And a lot of people think that if you're going through a, a situation, if you're going through a, a, a physical, mental, whatever situation, that it's a direct punishment from the Lord because of things that you've done in the past. Listen, the wages of sin is death, and if you don't have those sins covered by the blood of Jesus, yes, you're going to suffer from the ramifications from those sins. I'm not going to discredit that at all. If you are struggling with a sin or something in your life that you haven't asked the Lord to truly forgive you of, you need to get that under the blood. But let me just tell you this. If you're dealing with a situation, if you're dealing with a thorn in your life, and you've asked God to forgive you of your sins, it's not as a result of your sins. It's not as, because once you ask God to forgive you of those sins, they're they're covered in the blood. You need to stop realizing that this isn't God trying to get back at you for something you did 20 years ago. If you accepted the Lord as Jesus as your personal Savior, and you have pleaded the blood of Jesus over your life, it's not suffering or a punishment from something that happened 20 years ago. 15 years ago. The thing is though the enemy whispers in your ear, "Hey, you're going through this ailment, you're going through this physical situation, you're going through this time of suffering because you didn't deal with it." And he tries and that he just beats us up with that. But stop believing the lie of the enemy. Start trusting in the blood of Jesus in your life. Your physical sin, your your your, your physical thorn is not punishment for sins that have happened in your life. Listen, if God is still punishing you for your sins, Punishment, then, would negate the grace and mercy that he promises us if we put him under the blood. So you're basically saying that if God, if you have if you forgiven, if you've, been asked, if you've asked God for forgiveness and asked God to cover it with the blood, you're basically saying if God is punishing you, you're, you're calling God a liar. Because you're not saying that God is graceful. You're not saying that God is merciful. You're, not saying, you're, say, you're, you're saying that, that Jesus' sacrifice was not enough. Stop believing that the thorn that you face was not, stop believing that it is a punishment. Paul didn't think of his thorn as a punishment. Paul was trying to reconcile and trying to figure out what to do with his thorn, but never once did he blame God for the thorn and say, hey, it's punishment for the thing. And listen, if Paul didn't see it as punishment for his past sins, and if you go back and look at Paul's life, the man murdered Christians, and was probably, and he calls himself even this, the lowest of lowest sinners, And if Paul didn't see his thorn as punishment for his sins, we shouldn't either. Your thorn is not punishment for something that has happened in the past. And and see, that's one of the things that the Corinthians and the super apostles, they questioned about Paul. They said that because Paul was suffering, because Paul had a thorn, he therefore was not a true apostle of Christ. But let me just tell you, Paul saw his suffering as a means to accomplishing the will of God in his life. And it's important for us to change that perspective, to change it not from one of punishment, but from one of grace and a gift that God has given us, uh, and be thankful for the thorns in our lives. Man, I feel like preaching right here because I feel like so many of us have been beaten up by the sins of our past because we allow the enemy to just to, to whisper in our ear and to lie at us. But God has given us the gift of his son, Jesus. We're getting ready to celebrate it here on December 25th and Christmas. If you truly believe that the blood of Jesus has, it washes away every sin and, and as the song says, and you're cleansed white as snow, you need to stop believing that you're gonna be constantly being berated and beat over the head by the sins of your past listen I love it when I could go to Jesus and I say God Forgive me, and Jesus, forgive me of all the sins that I've committed. Cover them with the blood of your son. When I look back on those sins, I can see various situations and moments where I've let God down. But when God looks back on those sins, he doesn't see the various moments and the various situations. He sees the blood of his son Jesus, who died on a cross 2,000 years ago for you. So stop seeing your suffering. Stop seeing your thorn as a punishment from the Lord, because it's not from God. It's not a punishment from God. Man, I'm about ready to take up my own offering here. Stop allowing the enemy to beat you over the head with the past that that is no longer there in God's eyes. Stop allowing the enemy to beat you over the head with it. Man, we just got to stop that. So, first lesson, God allows thorns. Next lesson, everyone's thorn is not the same. Third lesson, thorns are not punishment. Fourth lesson is this, God has a purpose in thorns. God has a purpose in thorns. We see in verse 7, it says, even though, Paul said, even though I have received wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from being proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from being proud. You see here in this passage, in this verse, two times. Paul mentions that his thorn was kept, it kept him from being proud. And then we see at the end of the passage in verse 10, it says, That's why I take pleasure in my weakness, my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God has a purpose in your thorns. God has a purpose in your in the situations that you deal with. God has a purpose in the various moments of suffering in your life, in the various moments of persecution in your life. God has a purpose. He doesn't cause them. God allows them because he wants to fulfill a purpose in your life. He wants to maybe, like I said before, to show you how powerful he truly is. Listen, when things are going good for you, it's really hard to see how much you rely on God. When things are going diaper dandy and you're walking through life, on, like I said, on clouds, it's really heat, It's really hard for you to see how much you truly rely on God. But when you're in those moments, as we talked about at, in the worship song that Pastor Jerome sang here at the beginning, where it's truly, we, re, we realize that it's his breath in our lungs when we got to get to that moment in our lives. And sometimes it requires us to go through various situations of suffering, persecution, and thorns in our side for us to be able to see that it's because of God. God and his strength and his breath and his his grace and his mercy in our lives. It's because of that that we're able to to live the lives that we have. Thorns reveal how we truly feel about God. Do you trust God or not? Listen, the thorns that are in your life are not meant to take you out. Paul was at the lowest, the lowest points of his life at this point. God has a purpose in your, thorn, in, in your thorns, and it's not always to take, it's not to take you out. God could have very easily taken Paul out several times, but he didn't. It's not to take you out. Paul can boast of his weakness because it's in his weakness that God has shown strong. God has a purpose in the thorns that he puts in your lives, and it's to show us, listen, that we are completely dependent upon God. We are completely dependent upon God. It, there's none of us that can do things on our own. We need to realize that we are completely dependent upon God. What a humbling thought that is. And we, say, I, I, we mentioned last week, it, it, if, if, if you're breathing breath right now, that means you're victorious. If you're breathing breath right now, you have a purpose and a reason to praise the Lord. And it's important for you to realize that if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be where you are right now. And I, I'm just thinking right now, and it, it almost bringing me to emotion to think about the, the various moments and situations in my own personal life that have very easily could have taken me out. Maybe not physically taken me out, but emotionally, mentally. But it, it caused me to, to give up and to cause me to throw in a towel and say, hey, I'm done. I'm at the end of my rope, and I just can't do it. But if it wasn't for the Lord, in the moment where the thorn felt like it was the worst pain I'd ever experienced in my life, is in that moment that the Lord showed his strength the most, and he was strongest, and I'm so very thankful for that. It's such a humbling feeling to realize that God cares about you so much, the creator of the universe cares about you so much, that he has a purpose for you, even in the midst of the thorns that you may face. The fifth point, and I'm closing with this. The fifth point is this. God has power over the thorns. God has power over thorns. God could have removed the thorn from Paul's life had he asked him to, or had he chosen to, had God chosen to, sorry. But God demonstrated his power by not removing the thorn. God demonstrated his power by giving grace to Paul that was sufficient enough to carry the, to carry to bear the thorn and we see that in verses 8 and 9 this is what it says this is Paul being very honest three different times i begged the lord to take it away the thorn each time he said to me my grace is all you need my power works best in weakness so now that i so now i am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of christ can work through me now, some of people look at that, and, and researchers and scholars have said, well, pa- Paul really, he prayed, and this is an instance where God didn't actually answer his prayer because the thorn wasn't taken away and all that kind of stuff. But if you look at this, Paul's, ans- Paul's prayer was answered. He said, three times I begged of the Lord to take it away each time, he said. So God answered his prayer, not the way that Paul wanted the prayer to be answered, but the way that God had ordained the prayer to be answered. God says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. God has the power over every thorn, every situation, every moment of suffering that you may face. And You may say, and uh, pundits may say, well, if God has the power, why does God, uh, God allow it to happen? Well, God allows it to happen so that it is in those moments of true and absolute weakness that his strength is shown, that he gives us the grace enough to be able to deal with and to be able to withstand all of the moments of suffering in our lives. God is powerful. God, let me just tell you this, newsflash, God is more powerful than the devil. God is more powerful than any Democrat, any Republican, any person who's meant to, to spew hate, anybody who's trying to bring about divide. God is more powerful than anything that you can possibly imagine. When we look at our lives and we look at the various situations that are going on, not only in our state but around the world, we think, man, how in the world can anybody possibly make a difference? God is more powerful than all of it. He just needs his people to get to the point where they realize it is in our moment of weakness, it is in our moment, Lord, where we've broken out of the four walls of the church and we've done everything that we could possibly do. It is in those moments, Lord, where we realize that we need your grace, we need your mercy, and we need your strength to show through. And can I just say that God answering his prayer, Paul's prayer in this way, was actually a better answer than Paul wanted? Let me just say that again. Paul wanted God to remove the thorn, which to Paul, that seems like it would have been the best possible situation for God to answer the prayer. But God actually gave Paul a better answer to his prayer, not by removing the thorn, but by showing him grace and mercy to be able to withstand and deal with the thorn. Man, what a sobering thought. What a sobering thought. Paul, if you look at Second Corinthians, Paul went through tons of, uh, of moments and, and situations, and he's still dealing with this thorn in his flesh. He's like, God, if you would just take this away. How many of you have been there? God, if you would just... If you would just do this, if if you would just do this, everything would be right, everything would be good, and and we pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. We feel like the Lord is not answering, yet we have the grace that God has given us enough to be able to bear with and to endure the suffering and the persecution and the thorns in our lives. So as I close, I want to ask you, what is the thorn in your life? What thorn do you have in your life? Maybe You're currently dealing with a thorn. (laughs) Maybe the thorn is a situation, a circumstance, a person, health crisis. What is the one thing in your life that is causing you the most pain? Maybe this is something that has happened recently, or maybe this is something that you've been dealing with probably your entire life. What is the one thing that is causing you the the most pain? What is that thing that you have been praying about for years, but as feel as though God is not answering? What if God has answered your prayer by giving you the grace and mercy to endure? Listen, as, as Pastor talked about, and has talked about in the past, if the enemy had his way, he'd do everything he could. He would take any, every one of us out. He with, with the various moments, and listen, I know some of your stories. I know some of the things you've dealt with. I'm thinking of certain stories of people, and I, as I look around, I see where you typically sit. I know your stories. I know some of your stories, and I know how you were at, your, literally at the what you felt like was the end of your rope. But it was because of God's grace and God's mercy and God's strength that you were able to to hold on long enough. So what if God has answered your prayer? Maybe not necessarily by removing the thorn. And listen, we pray that God would remove the thorn. If that would be his will, that's one of the, the top prayers you should pray. Continue to pray. But what you need to pray even more so is that God would give you the grace and mercy to be able to endure the thorns that are in your life. Let me ask you this question. What if God may be using your thorn to help somebody else? What if God may be using your situation and your circumstance for somebody else to be able to look and see, wow, that person is a man of, or a woman of true faith. That person is is, is one that the Lord, it, it seems like they're going through going through the ringer, but they're still able to withstand, they're still able to. What if somebody could be bring, brought to the faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ because they see how you are reacting and dealing with your thorn? When people see you reacting, are they going to be drawn to Jesus, or are they going to be pushed away from Jesus? What if your thorn is being used to help somebody else? Listen, I get it. Thorns are, pow- are painful, and Paul recognized that. He, like I said, called it so painful that he actually called it a messenger of Satan, a messenger of Satan. But Paul also recognized that it was through this thorn that God's strength was revealed. So today, as we close this service, I want to pray for you. Listen, I'll agree that God take away your thorn. Listen, if you ask any one of us in leadership and pastoral staff, we'll pray that prayer, and that's obviously what we would see to be the best answer to the prayer from a human perspective. But I will also pray that if God doesn't answer In taking away your thorn, he will answer your prayer by giving you peace that surpasses all understanding. That he'll give you the grace enough to be able to endure. That he'll give you the mercy that you need to be able to endure. A peace that shows that he is with you and you are not alone. But before I pray for the thorns, I want to give those who may be watching, uh, whether they're watching live, or they're going to be watching in the days to come. I want to give you an opportunity because maybe there are some of you who are watching and just happen to pop on this this site here and and, and see this message, and maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're dealing with a situation and you have a thorn in your life and it just feels like you're constantly being defeated, you're constantly being berated, and it just feels like you have nowhere else to turn and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Listen, Thorns are powerful or painful enough to endure on our own. I can't imagine going through the thorns and the moments of persecution and suffering in my life without having a relationship with God. So as we close and as I get ready to pray, I want you to, if you're on unsaved, and maybe if we have some on our prayer team who are watching, or some of our elders, our pastoral staff, if you could just pray in this moment. Pray for those who may pray and repeat this prayer after me and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And how awesome would it be that here on the Sunday after Thanksgiving that you came into a relationship with Jesus Christ here this morning. So Caleb's gonna pop this simple prayer up on the screen. And if you would just repeat after me and uh, we're going to believe that God would meet you where you are and that your 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 sins could be forgiven. So this is the prayer. We say this. We, we say this prayer every week. It's as simple as this. God. I am a sinner. I am sorry for my sins. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that you will forgive me of my sins. And the last part of the prayer is, I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. In the midst of everything else that I could choose from, I choose Jesus. It's because it is you, Jesus, who offers us eternal life. And we're so grateful for that. If you said that, if you said that prayer, there is, uh, a, on the PowerPoint there, there's a, some instruction. You could text the number. And we have a uh, a simple texting journey that will help you through uh, the process here of beginning the infancy stages of your walk with the Lord. And uh, if you just text that number, you'll be you'll be given instruction as to what to do. Also, if you're watching and you've accepted Christ as your Savior, why don't you go ahead and put your name uh, in the comment section or just say I'm saved or or something like that? That way, we could be we could acknowledge that and and continue to pray for you. So as we close this morning service, this rather unique service here on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. We need to realize that we need to be thankful for the thorns in our lives because God allows the thorns. He doesn't cause them, but he allows them. We need to realize that everyone's thorn is not the same. We need to realize that our thorns are not punishment and that God has purpose in the thorns and finally that God has power over the thorns. God has power to give you grace and mercy to be able to withstand and to endure. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit LakeerieChurch.com.